Hi, thanks for listening to the It's Not Just One Thing podcast series from Physio My Dog. I'm Harriet KitKat and I'm from Physio My Dog. I'm a vet physiotherapist specialising in dogs, but I'm also a dog owner myself and I'm also incredibly nosy and interested in knowing more and more about what we can do as dog owners, but also as therapists as to what we can do to help dogs. So I hope you find this series useful. everyone thank you for tuning in um i've really 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 enjoyed as you probably can tell from the other episodes if you've been listening to any of them um i've really enjoyed listening to other people's stories because everyone has a story every dog has a story and i just think it's really lovely that so many people love their dogs as much as they do and some of the things i say that people do for their dogs i think is fantastic so I've got on the line a dog owner who I'll introduce, I'll get to introduce him in a second. But what I want to do in this series is hear a little bit more about dog owners, you know, directly from them as to what they've been through, really. And, you know, as I say, everyone has a different story and, and everyone's sort of situation and what people have tried. And, um, yeah, just just their general journey, as they say, is, is different. And I just think it's a really lovely thing to be able to hear from other people. So um, so without further ado. So, Paul, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, you, uh, where you live? And um, and I know obviously you've got your gorgeous girl there with you, Elsa. So just give us a bit of introductions to uh, a bit about you and, and, and Elsa. Well, yeah. Hi, Harriet. Thank you very much for having me on. It's um, going to be fun doing a podcast. I've never done one before, so uh, I'll do my very best. But but anyway, my, my name's Paul Scoble. I, I live in Ealing, uh, West London. Um, and uh, I... I uh, Elsa, my Great Dane, my Harlequin Great Dane, Merle, um, uh, I have had now for nearly 10 years, so uh, she's nine and a half. Um, so I, uh, I, I've always loved dogs. I grew up um, in Somerset and had an Irish setter growing up, uh, which was a rescue. Um, we got it because my parents moved us from London to, to the southwest, and that was a compensation for, for having to move. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adored having uh, the dog. Um, and then, obviously, uh, that was my childhood dog, and she passed away when I was uh, at university. And I really didn't have an opportunity to have another dog for about 30 years. Um, so, uh, um, But the, the beauty, beautiful thing about Petra is she would visit me in my dreams and keep me, uh, uh, just keep me happy because oh. I, I missed her so much. She was oh, such a that's... beautiful dog. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I do I think that's so lovely that that happens because I my previous boy Jensen he I dream about him sometimes and I always feel like it's their way of saying hi isn't it you know uh, uh, yeah absolutely I mean and just she just came whenever I really needed her you know whenever I was feeling down she would pop up and and it was really uh vivid dreams and you know and they and they always and I'm a you know I have this belief that they're across that rainbow somewhere and yeah you know um and you know but she always, I just, I remember her to this day. I absolutely adore her. Um, but, you know, I, and I started looking for another dog when the time was right. I could work from home. Um, my wife uh, and I were looking at what type of breed we would have. Uh, I really loved Irish setters. That's what Petra was. But I just felt that I couldn't replace her. So I had to have something different. And I always grew up wanting or loving the idea of having a Great Dane Um before I jumped into having a great day, though, uh, living in London, I live in a very uh, green borough, so lots of parks around. 
I really did a lot of research on, on the breed and decided that, yeah, actually, um, I've had some history with dogs. I worked for a vet growing up uh, for four years out on the farms, but did a lot with uh, small animals as well. So, you know, I, I always felt I had an affinity with animals and I thought, you know, I could handle a Great Dane. And in fact, she has been so easy and wonderful. So um, I, we, we, I saw a Great Dane in a, in a local park called Lars, who I went and spoke to the owner and found out a bit more. And then, um, you know, decided that, it, it, you know, I, I had to, I had to make, it's, it's even harder probably um, than probably having a child in the sense that, you know, children come along, you know, yeah. dogs, you have to choose, you know, you <laughs> choose one, you know, and, you know, and pay for them, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so when it came to the time, you know, I was winding my wife up. She said, look, just get on with it. You want it so badly, go do it. So we went looking for Elsa and she was a second litter we saw and we fell in love with her immediately. And, um, you know, uh, we went, uh, it was in February, it was freezing cold, it was, it was snow all over the ground. Uh, we went off to decide which of the two female pups we'd have. I think it was always going to be Elsa. And we went back to the owner and said we'd like uh, the, the Merle, the blue, blue Merle, Harlequin. And um, the woman couldn't, you know, she, she said, like, I'm going to have to go out because I can't, I don't want to lose her, this one. Oh. And I said, well, you, you could have told us, but anyway, <laughs> we've made our mind up now, so we... We went and picked up Elsa, and it was the most oh, I get choked. One a wonderful Aww. day of my of my Aww. life, you know. So uh, she's Aww. such a beautiful girl, you know. Oh, that's so lovely. So how did you have to travel far to get her? Um, she's an Essex girl, so okay. she went to Southend on Sea. Uh, it was Lee on Sea. Um, so, but yeah, so she we sat in the car. She had a smelly blanket, which they always say, you know, take a, a blanket uh, smelling of the, the litter. Mm. Um, but this one would literally had poo all over it <laughs> and she got in the car and I was driving the wife uh, my, and my mother were in the car as well and uh, she poor little thing was sick right away um, uh, that's my not my mother uh, the, the dog um, and so we you know so you know so we got home and it's like you prepare yourself you read books and all that but suddenly you've got this little beautiful little thing in your arms and she's in your home and you know you're never prepared you know so uh, but it was it was uh Right away, it was just so much fun. We, you know, we, she was friendly and lovable, and and uh, we, you know, we played for hours, and you know, I just, we just had an affinity. So, and it's it's grown stronger and stronger. Oh, that's so lovely. Do you remember your first eve, your first night with her? Like uh, the first night she was, you know, you you know, you got her home. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, the, I know the first photograph is she was sitting on my chest, and I photographed from beneath, which is now on one of my t-shirts. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so nice. And she's still and my favourite photograph. It's still my favourite photograph, you know, so she's so oh, beautiful. That's so, that's so lovely. And where did you, did she sleep? Where did you sleep? Did you sleep with her downstairs? Or yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. so we decided crate train. Um, so we, have a, we had a big Great Dane crate for her and this tiny little puppy in it. Um, <laughs> you know, so we actually halved it off and put lots of things on it. And I, and I literally slept on the floor outside with the, with the, it was open, but I slept outside for her uh, for the first three or four nights. Um, oh. Yeah, and and then I, you know, then we would crate her in the evenings and go to bed, and you know, I'd put it all dark and whatever. And that probably we probably that went on for probably she slept like that for probably you know good six, seven, eight months or so. Yeah, yeah, and so she was a good puppy, was she? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know. You know, it was freezing when we got her, so house training her was not was was a bit more of a struggle because we have these sort of steps outside our 
um, back out, back of our house. So she has to go down steps and it was freezing cold, just tiny little thing. So we had, it, it took a little bit, a, a while to get her to decide that going to the bathroom outside was what she mm. had to do. Because I don't blame, I would have peed in the corner as well because it was so cold. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, we just had a bit of, um, a bit of a struggle there. Um, and, and I don't think it was overly d- difficult, whatever, but, um, you know, it, she would be a bit frustrating on, She'd look at you and then just pee, and you go, "No, you know you shouldn't do that." You know? <laughs> so, and then she, you'd put her outside, and she'd walk back in and go, "I'm looking at you again," and she'd pee again. So she was a little blighter like that, but overall, she was a really good puppy. Yeah, oh, she's and- very smart. They say, you know, I read that they, you know, because because of Scooby Doo and all that, you know, Great Danes aren't supposed to be clever, but but they they really are. They, they're like most dogs; they're pretty clever dogs. Yeah. Does she live up to kind of like the breed's characteristics? Yeah, so she did a lot of the little grumbling, you know, that Scooby, you know. Um, <laughs> she, uh, but we, we again read that, we, you know, we want, didn't want, because she was going to be a big dog, we didn't want her in the kitchen. We didn't want her, um, you know, around the food, um, smelling, you know, food and things like that or begging for food. So, um, and she's been amazingly good. So we'd feed her first and then we'd make her sit down while we ate. Um, she wasn't really allowed in the kitchen. She'd eat in the kitchen, but that's the only time she could go in. Anything that uh, was on a table, um, you know, that was food she wasn't allowed to touch so she could have a little sniff, but then she was very quickly told, you know, and she learned really quickly. And to this day, she's never taken anything off a table. Oh, bless her. Yeah, bless she's her. really, yeah, oh, she's very, so very good. good. Yeah, oh. she's very good. And I think it is just, we, you know, I was lucky because I was, I was able to stay home with her for the first couple of months, you know, and I didn't go to meetings and things like that purposely. I sort of, you know... My, if I told my boss now, he wouldn't be too happy. But, uh, um, you know, I avoided that because I, I really wanted to spend time with her and make sure that she she knew. Because they can chew, you know, any puppy can chew. But Great Danes, she decided ban- banisters were her thing, you know. So uh, we had to keep an eye on, make sure that we kept putting them, you know, the right chew in her mouth or a, or a, or a toy whenever she decided that she needed to chew. Um, mm. But, no, overall, she was an easy pup. I really believe her, you know, because Great Danes used to be boar hunters and they used to be carriage dogs. And it was the Victorians in the uh, at the time of the Kennel Club in the sort of mid 19th century decided if you wanted to have Great Danes uh, as a breed that you could have as pets, you really they really had to start only mating um, uh, from from the from gentle the gentle pups from the packs. Mm. And so that's what they did. And so they are very sweet dogs generally big strong and all that but generally they're very sweet dogs and i believe i'm a big believer if we if if, if you got the smallest of each pack and and bred from them you could have a and get one down to the size of say a, a labrador they would be the most popular dog in the world because they have none of the labradors hunger problems you know <laughs> um and but they're very sweet and they're very nice and and you know so uh, but it would ruin it, obviously, because there wouldn't be a Great Dane anymore. There'd yeah, mid Dane. So, does she know? <laughs> does she know any other Dane, uh, Great Danes? Oh yeah, yeah. She, she absolutely. For the first time, she because we, one of the inspirations, even though I always wanted a Dane, was this 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 blue Dane in the park called Lars. And uh, as soon as she saw him, she was in love with him. And I, I'm absolutely a believer that dogs know their breeds. Yeah, yeah. So um, she, when we have other, we have plenty of other friends. We have one called. Uh, a, chat we know has an echo called echo a blue uh, a blue dane female called echo and uh, a fawn called moose who was a rescue 
but they they absolutely adore her and she she's a lot older than them she's then three or five and she's nine so nine and a half so uh we know you know we've quite a few actually we know quite a few uh, danes in the round yeah. you bump into them and you know you but the funny thing about danes is i'll walk along with her and she's she's quite striking she's this harlequin but it's not white and black it's a sort of silver grey. You've seen her, but a silver mm. grey with mm. with brown and blue patches. You know, so she's a little unusual in her colouring. Yeah. Um, so she gets a lot of attention. But people would, when when I first had her, we'd walk along the street. People would drive by, and I'd hear them shout out, "I had a Dane. It lived till it was 13, You know, <laughs> so, just to make you feel a bit better because they yeah. don't they don't have the longest lifespan. So you know, uh, for breeds. So um, big dogs, as you know, mm. they don't tend to have quite the, the length of uh, span lifespan as uh, smaller dogs so i oh, know well forever wouldn't be long enough anyway would it that's well this is, well this is the thing yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so we so you and i met oh, online didn't we which, which sounds a bit funny actually when i say it like that but um but <laughs> yeah. we, met, we met towards the end of last year from so we could sort of talk about physio stuff so yeah um so that's how we know each other. But um, obviously, Elsa's nine and a bit now. So, and as you say, unfortunately, bigger breeds are predisposed to certain conditions. So tell me a little bit, as, as, um, as Elsa was sort of growing up, that you started to, um, you know, what did you start to notice in her movement and that type of thing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a hard one, really, because when, you know, I mean, you obviously when they're pup pups and they're still growing, they grow very fast, straight Danes. Uh, most most dogs, obviously, by the smaller breeds, by a year old, they're fully grown. Um, but they don't grow massively from the size of the pup. So every pup almost is born the same size. So whether you're a Dane or a you know poodle, you're going to be born of similar size. But then they massively grow. So you have to be really careful what you feed great Danes. It has to be very low protein and very low fat. Um, so you have to, so you, specialist Dane food is probably what is the right choice for them because they grow so very quickly. And of course, while they're growing, that, you know, you've got to be careful how you walk them and where you walk them and what you do with them. So I was always a believer in, in doing a, 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 what I would call a, a proper dog walk is actually walk them, let them sniff, then, you know, let them uh, meet other dogs. Um, you know, then they will play for a bit, maybe play with the ball so you get them running. But generally you know, doing a, trying to sort of, you know, get their minds active with sniffing and playing, but not bull oriented all the time or with you as a human all the time. So, mm. you know, we've done a lot of that. Um, and we'd be out a long time, I guess, but I was trying to limit her running around craziness. So, um, but I think over time, you know, she was very happy with three hours a day, which is quite a lot, I guess, um, you know, but if you've got a really big dog and, and they're not getting walked, then they get, a, they get pretty angst. And, and if you've got a great Dane um, being a little bit angst in your house, it, it, it has a more impact than a little dog. So, you know, I wanted to make sure she was in, having walks and enjoying it. But it, the hard thing is, that, you know, you, don't, you never know, did you overdo it, you know, when they were young? And maybe uh, I did, but, you know, she always liked to be outside. And then I guess when she got to about four or five, I started realizing that she, you know, her movement was a little bit uh, restricted. Um, you know, uh, I would be massaging her rear end, her hips, and you know, and I'd be potentially, uh, you know, if she'd been out wet, I'd be drying her feet. And I just noticed every now and again she'd wince if I pulled her leg up too quickly or whatever. So that was the sort of 
the beginnings of, of, of seeing this. And so I looked into things like you move, um, uh, just sub, um, stuff to just, just, just support them, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the meniscus and things like that around the hips and things like that. So, uh, that was what I did initially. Um, and we managed it. And then I, you know, then, um, I had a friend who uh, did dog masseuring and, and had a, a hydrotherapy center. So we started doing hydro with her fairly early on, um, which was, you know, which was good for strengthening the, that rear end and, and uh, taking the pressure off of the joints. But, you know, I think the arthritis had just sort of got in there. Um, so that was the beginning of realizing that, you know, she was going to, she was a very, very healthy girl, but there was her hips that we needed to be, be aware of. Um, and that's eventually how I was, was you know, found out about you and, and your services and gave you a call because she had done a horrible fall where her back leg had, had, had uh, on some wet concrete, had split. So she did the splits. And that was really where it started to impact her much more problematically. So that's when I got a hold of you. Yeah. So when, so when, she, um, when she started hydro then, so she would have, what, so she was about four or five years old then, was she, when she started hydro? Yeah, probably, but, but probably six. Yeah, yeah, five, five, six. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing it. We've doing it for four years now. Yeah, five right, or six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, because I know you tried a few other sort of. Um, we'll talk about obviously the last thing that we tried. Uh, yeah. that You tried, which has been really successful for you. But yeah. before then, you tried a few different things. Was it Cartrafen? Which is yeah, like Cartrafen. Yeah, yeah Cartrafen. So you move tablets, um, hydrotherapy. Um, then we got into um, Cartrafen, uh, which again works worked okay for a very short period of time for her it wasn't it's it's more successful i know for other um other uh, people dogs just anything like that in general can be good in really good for one dog but not mm. not that effective in another so cartrafend we did um you know it was basically trying to strengthen that rear end through hydrotherapy which um i think worked for a while um but again it, it's it's the idea of arthritis i mean you know as you know i i uh I, I grew up, well, you didn't know, but I grew up playing a lot of sport and I, I've just had two new, new knees. So I, I understood um, what it was like to have arthritis, you know. Um, I mean, I had my knees very early uh, in, 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 you know, I'm 55 now. So um, I'm fairly early to have new knees, but I had uh, played a huge amount of sport growing up um, and my knees had, were, were arthritic and I, I just had empathy with her. So yeah. I just knew what it was like. Yeah. It, the pain never goes away. Now yeah. I've got two new knees. I'm, I have a new life as well, you know? Yeah. So that's why I explored, um, uh, you know, the things that you suggested once I'd got to you, but yeah, we tried a lot of things I and mean, we were just trying to manage her and, and, you know, not overwalk her. We, 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 you know, she has her own mind. I'm sure most owners think, you know, people think you're crazy, but you know, when you say your dog knows what she wants or he wants, you know, she, if we'd go for a walk in the morning, if she felt that that was enough for her, she would literally pretend she was asleep on the bed <laughs> <laughs> on her couch. She'd like, Elsie, you want to go for a walk? And she'd like, look up at you and go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and people think they don't do these things, but but they do. You know, they, they know exactly what they want to do. So, uh, you know, so we would be a little bit easy on her. But I knew that um, she's after her fall, um, you know, I needed to reach out and do something a little bit more. I needed a gets uh, more medical care and help really than my own reading um you know i don't mean to be rude but my local my local vet's fine for the everyday things but 
you really, when you get into these types of things, you do have to seek out experts because your general vet is not going to be able to, they'll give you the cartrofen and, you know, do and suggest you move and all these sorts of things. But they, they, they really don't, uh, they, they don't benefit a, a, a condition that's a little bit more complex. You really need to seek out um, specialist help. Yeah, and I think that's what's really, um, really important for people to kind of understand because vets have to know an awful lot about an awful lot of things and none of us are experts in anything. And so it does get to a point where, like you say, you get to a certain stage and it's like, okay, well, what else is there? And that's why it's really, I think it's really encouraging. And I always try and empower owners to say, look, you know, there are lots of different things that you can do to help your dog. And I totally understand that a lot of people just don't know some of this stuff is even available. So it sometimes just takes a bit of digging around and having maybe different conversations of maybe different vets or different like other dog owners or, or just doing your own research to start to find out um, what else is out there. So, um, so, I mean, to get to nine and a half for, for Elsa, that's an amazing age for a Great Dane, isn't it? Anyway, um, so when we, when we first started talking, which was, uh, I guess, early, uh, so towards the end of last year, so yeah, Elsa would yeah. have been, I guess, coming up nine years old. So, um, so, we, so it was during the middle of lockdown. Obviously, you were in London, and um, so we did some online consultations. Yeah. What did you, um, what did you sort of find useful, not just... I don't mean it just because it was me, but what no, did you no, no, what did no. you find useful from a physio you know from a physio perspective? What did you find useful that maybe um, you weren't already doing or hadn't even thought of that type of thing? So you know because I I was at that point also suffering with arthritis, knowing knowing what she must be going through, you know, and I'd done been having been a sportsman, I'd done a lot of physio, you know, for injuries and things like that. So I knew there would be benefits in it, but you know, it it was doing the right things, you know, or things that would strengthen and not hurt and things mm. like that. So, you know, um, I had spoken to a mutual friend of ours who had introduced me to, to your services. And I thought, well, you know what, I know I live in London and you're down in Froome, but, you know, it, it's worth it. It's, you can't do anything face to face anyway. Let's go online and do it. And, you know, like anything, it was like open minded, be open minded, I think is the first thing I should say to any dog owner you know your dog but you there's a lot of things out there that can help your dog so i was open-minded i um we, we 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 booked a session i didn't really know what to expect never met you or whatever i, had, I think we may have spoken very briefly um and it, it was it was just it was just it was entertaining let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> but it, but equally it was just very informative um and you know the suggestions when you, know, you, you could only see her through through the camera you know, the, the things that you could do. And then you, you explain sort of some treatments, you know, movements and stretching and things like that. All those things that you put forward were like, oh, yeah, you know, all makes sense. But I hadn't, you know, I didn't really understand her physiology as well as I should have potentially. But it was also good to be guided because you can make things up that you could be doing it wrong. It actually may not be the benefit that you think it is. So it's always good to have someone who you, who, you know, has, has studied it knows about it and and can give you some help you know and the nice thing about you harry and i'm not just saying it in a sense is that you know everyone knows their dog really well you know um and knows their dog so you suggest things around the way that person will will deal with their dog and that's that's a very helpful way of, of going about it you're not you're not sort of told off for doing things things slightly wrong or being misguided it's just correcting 
you know, are making it, uh, you know, makes making sense to why would you stretch this way and that way? Why would you, you know, um, put obstacles in the way and let them lift their feet and, you know, all that conscious stuff that it also works their brain. Yeah. So, so that was always, that was good. But then what, what was even more, you know, uh, better for me was that uh, it was your follow-up information. So you, you, you know, you, were, you followed up with it very clearly uh, noted what we had discussed. Because, again, it's easy when you're talking to somebody and you, you could forget. So, you, you know, you, you, you provided that information I thought was really, really helpful. And also lots of, you know, um, suggestions of, of how you can, you know, look after your dog in this modern day without necessarily going and getting, you know, more drugs. And, and I thought that was really helpful as well. I haven't acted on all of it. I've acted on some of it, um, you know, and uh, the one that obviously was absolutely key was your your um, suggestion to go look at stem cell therapy for dogs with arthritis. And yeah, um, yeah. so that, you know, but I, I, I got there because I I think I made those steps. I went to Hydra. I went to, you know, Miss, uh, Dog Monsieur. I went to you as a physiotherapist. And each time there was a suggestion, you know, um, you know, each, each, I got to as far as I could on you know, each stage. She was getting, Elsa was getting older, and that arthritis doesn't go away until you, you either operate. And I, I felt I could never, I couldn't do that to her, um, knowing f- how long it takes to recover. Um, a nine-year-old Dane who's falling over all the time can't even go to the toilet without falling back. Um, you know, her legs had got to a point where she was in pain every day. Um, you know, at her age and the way that she reacted um, to anaesthetic on her when she was spayed, which was pretty negative. I, I was really concerned. I needed to do something that wasn't so invasive, um, and that she would be able to to um, least least be you know without having a, a nine month recovery period. You know, because you see, Great Danes are big dogs, and and it, it is different than smaller dogs because you. You know, if they can't, if they're falling over, it's hard to pick them up. You know? Yeah. And no, I'm absolutely. six four and I'm six foot four and weigh 220 pounds of pure muscle, as they say, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, don't laugh. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, it, you know, for my wife, she's she's a heavy dog, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's what was, um, to say, what I always tried to say to, you know, to every owner is that they say there, there are lots of different things that you can do, but it's not necessarily everything that you would do or is appropriate. So you have to, you know, there's lots of information that you can go through and read up. And then ultimately, as an owner, it's up to, you know, what you feel comfortable with. And, you know, finance, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, does sometimes play a part yep, in all of these yep. decisions. And so yep. one of the things, and I, I remember you were discussing about the, um, about you being concerned about general anaesthetic and what have you. So, yep. Yeah. I'd given you some information about regenerative medicine, which is kind of what stem cell comes under. And, yes. um, and so tell us a little bit more about sort of how that all kind of happened. I mean, obviously, I know I gave you some information and then tell us a little bit more about what happened after you kind of read up and decided that it was something that you were going to be maybe acting on. Yes. Certainly looking at it. Yeah. So. Thanks for listening to the It's Not Just One Thing That Will Help Your Dog podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful. If you'd like any more information about anything that we've been discussing, please contact me. You can find my website by googling Physio My Dog. You can also look me up on Facebook and Instagram under the same name, Physio My Dog. I look forward to hearing from you.